right, so uh, welcome back to the uh, IHC podcast. Um, I personally have been uh, out on a mission, uh, experiencing, working, playing. I guess everyone thinks I'm playing, but we're definitely working. And Liam and I will, will speak to that today. So uh, my guest today, or our guest, you know, uh, we're kind of guests for each other since we work uh, so closely with each other, um, is Liam. So Liam, welcome. Welcome, Mark. Glad to be back in the IHC podcast. Yeah, it's awesome. And that, that means we've had another successful season and uh, must be wrapping up for another uh, amazing summer ahead. And that being said, um, Liam and I have been chatting um, in what we call the off season back and forth about, you know, the role of counselor and how IHC defines a counselor and, um, and the roles at camp and Liam, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but we both have the experience of coaching, guiding, facilitating, teaching, and, and what we might refer to and, and generally refer to as activity specialist. Uh, it's a very generic term, and we also thought in our conversation that sometimes people just don't get it. Like, what, <laughs> what does that mean? I'm a camp counselor, I'm an activity specialist. So our goal here is to maybe clarify that, you know, help you know, people out there that are thinking, should I be an active, am I, you know, an activity specialist? And, you know, what is that um, for them? So Liam, you know, the hardest question in general terms, how, how would you define activity specialist, having been activity specialist like myself? I've always described the activity specialist as the, the working parent of summer camp. So you have a camp counselor that is there to make a kid's summer special and, and be with them all day, your role as an activity specialist is almost to be in your area five, six periods a day, four, five, six hours a day, teaching what you love to a wide variety of kids. Beautiful, beautifully put. So now okay. what I think we need to do is like break that down because people are still like, oh, okay, so so I just, I, I coach all day. Define coach. And, and maybe the best way to start this is you know, Liam, tennis is, you're amazing. I watch you play. You're intense. You're motivated. You're passionate um, on the court as an individual. Um, and you did that. You coached that. You um, guided that. So let's take that activity specialist role. You're at a summer camp. You're not at a country club. You're not at a college. You're, you're how is that different? So you say, I'm, I'm on the courts. I'm on this. So what was that experience like for you? on this daily schedule? The preparation begins early. You've got to make sure those courts are clean. You've got all your equipment lined up. You kind of look at the schedule and work with a team. Now, as lucky we had a, a tennis director and about 10 other tennis coaches. So we would meet in the morning for a brief, kind of chat about what kids were coming that day. Were they six-year-old girls? Were they 12-year-old boys? Were they 15-year-old mixed groups? And you would map out the day ahead. It would probably be about five or six different lessons group lessons, small groups, large groups, and you would come up with a plan for the day and you'd execute that plan with, with a team of coaches to make sure that the kids have a fun, engaging lesson. So essentially from sort of 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., I was on those tennis courts, uh, tennis courts coaching kids all day long. Got it. So now you say this is like you don't know, you know what age is coming. You're making plans for these people to come. And I know that same experience. And and so now, you know, people listening are probably saying, was like, well, wait a minute, so what does that look like? Because I've coached individual kids. Um, how do I coach a group, you know, lesson? How do I, 
do I need to diversify the instruction? How do I diversify the instruction? How does that come into play? Um, you have a hierarchy, you have a tennis director. So, you know, let's go a little deeper then. Let's just take a period. Let's say it's the third period of the day and a group is, is coming up. Let's help people understand what in a generic terms as, as you can, but with some specificity, what does that look like? How do I take like nine, 12 year olds <laughs> and give them tennis lessons? Third period, you got to make sure that they have their tennis racket and they've got their tennis shoes on. First of all, no flip flops. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No wet swimsuits. Uh, they've got everything that they need. They're on the courts and you're explaining to them this is what the activity looks like. Third period, you might not need to do a warm up. It depends what activities they've come from. You might be able to get right into it. And I think the, the challenging thing there is you've got to make sure that those nine kids, their skill sets are either all the same or whether they're slightly different and whether you're by yourself coaching nine kids or whether you have another couple of coaches with you. Sometimes you have five coaches there. Sometimes you only have two or three. Sometimes you're by yourself. So you've got to be flexible. You've got to be adaptable. You get those kids engaged with some some skill instruction, making sure that they know what they're working on. Are they working on forehand? Are they working on a backhand? Are they hitting dead balls? Are they doing live drills? Are they rallying? Are they playing games? And I think as the lesson progresses, you try to reward them with more fun things as it goes on. So it starts with some instruction, it gets into some more intense drills, and then it maybe ends with a game for the last 20 minutes of it. So ultimately, there's a start, a middle, and an end. And they leave away having having some good fun. They've learned something new, hopefully. They've had some fun playing some games. And then you circle them back and you recap them. And usually period three, after that, you send them to lunch. <laughs> yeah, right off to so. lunch. And then they're starving at that point because they're all hungry at camp. Uh, so, you know, I, and I can relate to that as well and speak to, you know, a day in the life of an outdoor adventure staff person. That same third period, I have nine-year-olds coming up to rock climbing for the first time. And our nine-year-olds have never, you know, climbed before. They've never bouldered. This is their first time on the wall, you know. So, again, as an outdoor adventure activity specialist, I need to know these kids. I need to assess these kids. I need to do an activity that I can see where their climbing level is. Same what you're saying is we're doing a couple drills. We're getting them assessed. So I would likely use the bouldering wall. Hey, let's come over here. We can get a few people on at a time. We can spot. We can show some techniques. We can get quickly involved. We see how they climb, how they fall, what their body's doing. While that's happening, my co, and what's great about Outdoor Adventures, we're pretty much always paired up. You know, it's rare that we're not can start then picking people over to the climbing wall, tying them in, showing them the knots, taking a little more time with the younger kids to shape. This is the knot. This is the harness. This is the helmet. This is why we wear it to set a foundation. That foundation then helps me in the long run um, because when I'm working with those 14-year-olds, fifth period, you know, they've been through this. We can, I can say to them, make sure you're tied in correctly. I'm gonna check you when you go. So there's that more ownership and that progression through the levels. So it's, I know that when I'm looking for staff members to work at IHC, I'm looking for a certain level. And we talked a little bit about this, you know, before Liam, um, what does it take to be an activity specialist? Cause what you just said there about dead, you know, forehands, backhands, you know, dead ball, <laughs> live ball, you know, that clearly isn't like, Oh, I love tennis. I want to come in and play. That'd be great. But maybe that's a cabin counselor that loves tennis, you know, and that's a different podcast for a different time. At IHC, what are we looking for 
in an activity specialist, in a coach, in a guide, in a facilitator, in your view? Like when you think about the team that you would want to put together, the team that you've worked with that was successful, what were those qualities? There's always going to be a level that you need to be at before you can come work at a summer camp, um, regardless of activity. Like you have to have the foundations of the sport. Um, you have to understand the sport and you have to be willing to work with kids, especially kids of different ages and abilities. To do that is very demanding. It's a challenging role and not every lesson, even if you have a, a perfect plan and team in place, is going to go well. Because kids can be challenging. They can have off days. They can be not involved in the activity. They can be enjoying the activity one second and then hating it the next. And you have to, as a coach, know how to handle those situations. There's almost like a leadership aspect that you have to bring to that role as well as a coaching experience. And I think that that's crucial. And no doubt that you're going to learn and improve that over the course of a seven week or nine week summer camp experience. You're going to turn up on the first day and be like, wow, I may be in over my head. But the things that challenge you week one will not challenge you week four or five because you'll have had that experience. But I think before you even come to camp and put yourself in that situation, you have to build on your foundations that you know, do a little bit of homework and research, and then manage expectations. There's there's definitely that sort of level of social and emotional intelligence that you can bring to a role that's going to make the summer camp aspect easier because you're dealing with kids as well as an activity area and that can go any any way at any time exactly and and i love that is what is your foundation when i speak to anybody that wants to you know be a climbing guide that wants to do outdoor adventure that wants to be in boating or sailing you know they're like that looks amazing i'm like oh so tell me about your waterfront background and if they're like oh well i just love the water I'm like, that, this might not be the rule because now not only are you trying to learn <laughs> sailing, boating, and kayaking, you're also adapting to the kids and adjusting those kids. And that could almost be overwhelming and create a negative turning point for you. So I love what you're saying is like, if you don't have that foundation, we're not saying don't apply. We're just saying check yourself before <laughs> you wreck yourself <laughs> yeah. because we don't want you to be overwhelmed. We want you to have that foundation to set you up. Because our kids, our staff, were last time I checked, we're all human, right? And one of the, the benefits of this summer camp experience and being a counselor in a summer camp experience is the fact it's not clean, it's not perfect, it's real. You're on a court, it's hot. You're on a court and it's perfect weather. You're on a court and it starts to rain. <laughs> You're in the middle of the best lesson um, or you're climbing and then the storm clouds, you know? So we've experienced that um, which I think just adds to it. That's the sort of person we want when you said adaptability, flexibility is put a lesson plan together, but know that it could be so hot that we're just, we have to scrub it and we're going to general swim for all the kids because that's yeah. the need of the day. Um, you know, how did that, yeah, you know, when you think about that, are there some experiences that you just said, I can't believe this happened and I'm glad it happened, um, you know, um, moving forward, like. I can think of countless rainy adventures that I've taken. Rain, rain comes to mind. You're yeah. outdoors in a tennis court and we have hard courts. So when it rains, they get a little bit slippy. You don't really want kids to injure themselves. And if all the indoor courts are full, you've got to kind of go to different areas. So we've been ones where we've gone indoors and we've come up with indoor tennis drills with softballs in tiny spaces. We've gone on to basketball courts inside and come up with drills and footwork. And I that's where you call it like multi-level coaching is... Yeah. You have your lesson plans, but you've got to be able to scrap those lesson plans and almost 
come up with some improvised inspiration to make these lessons work for kids and make them ultimately it's got to be fun and engaging but yeah the kids really should learn something in those activities as well like and you got to know when you've got the group that just want to play games and when you've got a group or a kid that really wants to take their skill set to the next level i'm sure you see that all the time in adventure you'll have a kid that just wants to maybe go on a zip line and then you'll have a kid that actually wants to know how to get to the top of a rock wall it's two entirely different lessons and it totally depends on which kid turns up correct and being ready to adapt that within the framework and then that's where we as directors can then support those staff. Um, and that's why I want to make sure people also understand is it's not just like, here's your tennis racket, here's your rope, go. You know, um, I really believe, um, and not just, this isn't a sales pitch, this is honestly that IHC invests in its leadership and invests in its instruction and its orientation process to set our team up for success. So before the kids even get there, um, we have time as adults, as coaches, um, as facilitators, you know, to be together and, you know, maybe speak to that, Liam, you know, not only from the coaching side, but from the bonding side, I, I think one thing that you can get at a summer camp experience like ours is these relationships that form when you're on a court with somebody five periods a day, six periods a day, um, you're on a trip with somebody, those bonds last a lifetime. You learn from each other. You like, so are there moments in that? Are there friendships that you formed? Are there people, mentors and stuff that you can speak to to help people understand that it's it's more than just I'm teaching tennis? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that there's, there's two ways. There's your sort of leadership and networking within your role. As you say, like tennis is one of the bigger activities on camp. There's maybe 10 to 12, 20 coaches on, a, on the tennis team. And then there's activity areas where there's maybe only yourself or a couple of others that are running that activity all summer long, it all works and demands of the program. Regardless of that, there's always a leadership and a network there that's gonna support you in that role. As you say, you're coaching five or six periods a day, six days a week, that's 30 lessons a week. That is a lot, especially if you're constantly having to change and do it. So you can do it by yourself and IHC will 100% support you and there'll be athletics directors that are there to make sure you've got creative arts directors there to make sure you're going to get through the summer and have fun so within your activity area yeah you're going to get to know those staff around you because you're coaching 30 periods with them a week and then from my personal experience as an activity specialist is you actually build bonds with other people on camp um, other activity areas other camp counselors other support specialists and they might be on your day off, they might be on your night off, your time off, they might be in your bunk, uh, the same division on camp as you. You're going to build those connections as you go. And they're healthy connections as well, because you're actually branching out from your activity area. Like you're not confined to that one space. I think if you read any summer camp blog or listen to a podcast or watch a video, you get the sense of that staff connection and those unbreakable bonds that you form at summer camp for sure. One thing that I found as an activity specialist was the amount I actually learned from coaches in other areas. I know that in the past, I, I used to work with a hockey specialist who taught me drills about footwork. And I'm like, well, it's the same thing on a tennis court. Why don't we do that as a warm up? And I thought that was kind of cool. I'm sure for yourself, Mark, in the waterfront and the outdoor sort of adventure world that you're involved in, there's a sort of ethos like way to live in that area that I'm like it doesn't matter if you're an archery specialist or whether you're an outdoor mountain biker 
you're going to have routines and skills and hacks that are going to benefit that person regardless of, oh, here's a here's a cool recipe I found. Here's a cool knot I learned. It's, yeah. it's transferable across skills. And that, that's one of the things as a tennis coach I never really thought about until I was at summer camp is, oh, there's two weeks of orientation here and I get to go experience other people's coaching styles. I'm going to take that into my own one and see how it goes. Like you're, you're yeah, always learning at summer camp off of everyone, which is, is useful. So I think yeah. if you're going to go take that skill either as a passion or as another coaching job outside of summer camp, it's only going to benefit you. Yeah. And when it comes to teaching, educating, facilitating, you nailed it. And our activity specialists are coaches, facilitators, and teachers. So whether I, um, you know, hire a staff member from New Zealand, from, you know, BC, <laughs> Canada, Glasgow, Scotland, uh, you know, Columbus, Indiana, you know, they're coming in with, with a uh, finite set of skills that they've experienced and developed. When they get to camp, we literally, during that orientation process, put this group together. The outdoor adventure staff train with the waterfront staff. They start mixing and learning. They see um, language, um, phrases, uh, skill styles. You know, the tennis staff and the athletic staff, they mingle. We take the tennis and athletics and we do some facilitation in the ropes court. Like there's this cross mingling, like you said, so you recognize that no one is alone. Even if you're the, the cooking specialist, right? You have the arts and crafts and the ceramics. like, And that bond, I think, is what makes it so special because we were talking about this before, Liam. I want activity specialists, cabin counselors, everyone that comes to camp to recognize that there's a job that we do, but there's a lifestyle that we live, right? And it's that lifestyle choice to come somewhere and experience something and get out of your norm and put yourself in this, this challenging role of coaching and, and guiding and facilitating and teaching these activities to the kids um, that creates these lifelong bonds. And, and I think you, you can't get that same, you can't, it's hard to create. Let me just say, I'm not saying you can't get that, but there's just something about camp that when the kids leave, you could be tired, you could be emotional, you could be crying. Um, but three weeks later, four weeks later, you're missing camp. Like it, it just hits you. There's this like, you know, some people it's right away, but most people, it's almost like, wow, where's my structure? Where's my routine? Where's, where's that laugh? Where's that campfire? Where's that? So as an activity specialist, the coaching stuff like we talked about is going to be there. It, it, you're going to have to prepare. You're going to have to have these lessons. But maybe speak to that other side, that connection with the kids, um, the connection with staff members. Yeah, when you talk about like three, four, four weeks after camp when you're really missing it, I, I think the industry term for it is the camp blues and you kind of want to be back there and I think I know why that is is you've been part of something for seven to nine weeks that goes by so so quickly like camp is the fastest two months of your life but you know that a lot of those people that you grew close with and you're never going to work with them again it's this sad reality of summer camp is if you bring 450 staff to the same place to have an incredible summer together they move on like some come back some stay forever yeah. but the, so the summer that they, out, some, yeah exactly for sure so the summer that you had can never be replicated again camp happens every summer but it doesn't happen the same way the same people aren't there every summer so i think there's that sort of realization is like you were part of something special that 
won't happen again like that. You can always come back to camp the next summer, but there's going to be new people on your team and there's going to be kids are going to be older. And even the kid that, that you had two years ago can almost become a, like a different person in two years because they grow up and their personality change. Like they, they go from being a nine, 10 year old to being a 13, 14 year old teenager. You were part of their journey and then you leave camp and you're like, oh, what if I don't see those group of kids again? I wonder, I think that when you have those feelings, you know that you were part of something special. And going back to an earlier one real quick, while it's on my mind, mm -hmm. is when we were talking about things that you learn as, as an activity specialist, I think looking at it from my experience as a tennis coach, I probably learned more outside of tennis, how to work with kids, how to deal with kids, how to deal with a group of staff, it was almost like not the actual coaching on the court that I took to the next level. As like I was, I was established coming in. I knew how to run group drills. I knew how to have one-on-one -on -one private lessons. Like I felt I could do that with my eyes shut. But after a few summers, I realized in the when I went into a world afterwards, into other jobs, I took so much of the interactions and the leadership journeys that I'd learned through the orientations of. Here's how you deal with upset people. Here's how you deal with handle your emotions when you're tired. Here's how to recognize emotions in other people. That's where I talk about that sort of social emotional intelligence. I learned that at camp as a tennis coach. Not that my tennis coaching went to professional levels. It was, oh, I understood who I was on that tennis court and how to handle myself and regulate myself when I'm tired and when I'm hungry and when I'm excited throughout an entire summer journey as like that to me was was probably more beneficial as a tennis coach and as an activity specialist than anything else that I learned in my role and that surprised me because it benefited me in future jobs and roles and ultimately got me to where I am today it's transferable skills yeah you know? yeah um and I can speak that as well is in the sense that when I speak to you know a swim staff member a rock climber a mountain biker um I basically say is like you could be an amazing rock climber. You can climb 513. You can do Boulder V7. You can swim your 50s in 24 seconds or less. You know, that's awesome and kudos to that. But can you teach that? Can you adapt when a kid's afraid to get in the right. water? Can you develop your patience? And when I mean develop is everyone has a certain amount of patience, but how much patience do you have? How do you expand that patience so that in the work work world, you know, this real world that we air quote, no one's, you can't see my air quotes, um, but how do you gain more patience? How do you actually, in the, in the world we live in today, how do you work with people from different communities, different cultures, different experiences and different backgrounds and start to recognize that the world is made up of humans <laughs> with different feelings and they're not just, you know, two-dimensional, they're three-dimensional, they're four-dimensional, they're, um, there's so much more to them, and you see that in that seven-week period. Um, and, I, and that foundational piece of recognizing that we're human, that if a conversation or a lesson goes bad, that you should, and the expectation is, to do it better next time. Not to just continue with that, oh, well, the lesson was bad, okay. But at IHC, we want all, all staff, all kids to be better versions, but we also can forgive and support 
and help those staff members grow. Wow, doesn't that make you a better, you know, coworker? Doesn't that make you a better partner? Doesn't that make you a better friend, a better, you know, um, in that real world because you're having these interactions and you're seeing these people, you know, someone cries because they're missing home and you help that person through homesickness as a tennis coach, as a, uh, you're camping out at a campfire and the kids are afraid of the dark. It's your opportunity to help that kid love nature and know that they're safe because they have this, this, and this set up for success that they don't have to worry about black bears or cropsy or whatever, wild turkeys walking on the trails. You help them understand how to move through nature so that they give them that skill so that they respect that for the future and can pass that on. Yeah, yeah. huge, huge transferable skills. And I think one of the things, again, as an activity specialist and in any role at camp, but relating it to the my personal one as an activity specialist was because of the efforts of IHC to bring in a sort of multicultural and diverse staff, when you're working alongside people that learn tennis and other sports and skills in different countries, it's amazing to see how different their youth program that they grew up learning is compared to your own. Like I grew up in Scotland, I was taught tennis a certain way, soccer a certain way, volleyball a certain way, golf a certain way. And then you go to a place where their coaching philosophies and styles and training regiments were so different to what I was. Parents' expectations were all of it. And you compare them and you see how someone coaches next to you and you start to pick up their good habits and realize, I'm like, oh, I wish I'd learned it that way or I wish I'd done it. So again, those transferable skills, the kids benefit from that. You're gonna benefit it as, a, as an activity specialist, even as a camp counselor. I think there's very few environments in the world like summer camp that provide you a short opportunity that's so easily accessible. I mean, it's not that difficult to apply to go for a summer camp and go through an agency and actually turn up and have one summer of your life there. It's two months out of a lifetime of adventures. But in those two months, you're getting access to all of that. So regardless of what your end goal is to become a better coach, to have a travel experience, to develop new skills, try new things, go to new places. It encompasses all of that in one role. So I, I, I've i sort of gone off on a tangent there, but yeah. the more I think of about the experience of an activity specialist, uh, it, it blows my mind the opportunities and the skill sets that you learn. Yeah, and, and if we can sum it up and, you know, just sitting here and chatting with you and and even the people that we work with um, and talk with on a regular basis is, I think both of us maybe never even imagined where we'd be today. I imagine going to summer camp just to pass the time. You know, it sounded like a cool job, um, graduated college, and next thing I know, here I am. <laughs> Still, multiple right. years later, something keeps drawing me back. It's an, as an educator, as someone who wants to give and, and you know, feedback information of things that I love and I share, it's an amazing um, platform, but I also learn. So those are two things that, that I wanna definitely leave this is that you get to teach and you get to be taught. And I think if you can come in with that mindset, that is a huge foundation. You have to be willing to learn, but you also have to be able to teach, you know, to be a, a, an activity specialist. I think that I think that that is you kind of hit the nail on the head there. And if I was to sum it up to anyone listening that's thinking about I might want to go be an activity specialist, I would say, as you say, you teach, you get taught, 
And because of that, you're going to open up more doors for yourself when you leave summer camp, whether it is to pursue whatever you were, whatever role that you were in further and make a career out of it, or whether you're using that as a passion for a fun summer that's then going to take you somewhere else. There are valuable lessons to learn at summer camp and activity specialist is, is a great way to go for it. So if you're considering about uh, considering applying for it, go for it. IHC is always open to hear more about what role you're interested in. And we hope to hear from you soon if you are. So Mark, I appreciate your time. It's a pleasure as always. Nah, it's always, it's, it's a chat, it's a conversation. And, and for those of you listening, what I love about this, it's just real. This is what we do. We, we love what we do. Um, we teach what we love and we want that experience for more people. So yeah, check us out. Liam, I'm sure I'll link up some stuff, but bestsummerjobs.com. You can check us out there. Um, you can go to campit.com. Um, but, uh, fill out the inquiry form if it sounds like something for you. Sounds good. <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for listening. I'm off to play some tennis. <laughs> awesome. Sounds good, Liam. Talk to you Bye, soon. Mark. Bye.